Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to The Therapy Podcast with your host, Shloimi Balsam. Hello and welcome to The Therapy Podcast. Today we're discussing a class B disorder, which we'll discuss exactly what that means. But it's the real deal, serious issues, very difficult to treat. One of those that you'd rather your friends didn't have. Narcissistic personality disorder. It's a disorder involving self-importance, impaired empathy, and abusive behavior. Now... Narcissistic Personality Disorder, or NPD, is a mental disorder. It's characterized by a long-term pattern of exaggerated feelings of self-importance and exceeding excessive need for admiration, a diminished ability to empathize with others' feelings, and often a psychologically abusive behavior. NPD is one of the subtypes of the broader category known as personality disorders. It's often comorbid. It goes along with other mental disorders and associated with significant functional impairment and psychosocial disabilities. There's no standard treatment for narcissism. It also comes along with so many other disorders that it makes treatment and the outcomes very complicated. There's usually two categories for psychotherapeutic treatments. There's psychoanalytical, psychodynamic, or CBT, good old cognitive behavioral therapy, with growing support for integration of both in therapy. However, there's almost complete lack of studies determining the effectiveness of treatment. It's, it's, it's brutal. Okay, so what does NPD, what does narcissism look like? In pop culture, narcissist, narcissism is... One of those words was just thrown around a lot, and I believe it's grossly misunderstood. In the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, and the DSM-5, it describes it as uh, you need at least five of these nine criteria. Number one, uh, you need a grandiose sense of self-importance. Number two, a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Number three, believing that they are special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high-status people or institutions. Number four, requiring excessive admiration. Number five, a sense of entitlement, meaning uh, unreasonable expectations or um, especially favorable treatments, automatic compliance with their expectations. Number six being interpersonally exploitative. So it means taking advantage of others or doing anything to achieve their own ends. Number seven is lacking empathy. They're not willing to recognize or identify with the feelings of the people in their lives. They can't see anybody else's needs. Number eight, they're often envious of others or believing that others are envious of them. A nice little projection over there. And number nine, showing arrogant or haughty behaviors and attitudes. Like I said, the DSM-5 puts narcissism as a cluster B personality disorder. And anyone in cluster B 
often appear dramatic, emotional, or erratic. It's a a lifelong pattern of exaggerated feelings of self-importance and uh, excessive craving for admiration and diminished ability to empathize with others' feelings. In order to diagnose someone, it often involves asking the client to describe people emotionally close to them, which can reveal extreme arrogance or a lack of empathy. They just can't think of anyone but themselves in a deep way or in an accurate way. Usually, narcissism develops either in youth or early adulthood. True symptoms of NPD are pervasive, apparent, and in various social situations, and rigidly consistent over time. Severe symptoms of NPD can significantly impair the person's mental capabilities to develop meaningful human relationships like friendships and marriage. Generally, the symptoms of narcissism also impair the person's psychological abilities to function socially, either at work or at school or within important societal settings. The DSM indicates that in order to qualify as symptomatic of NPD, the person's manifested personality traits have to substantially differ from social norms. This is not a normal person. So here are some features of NPD. People with uh, narcissism exaggerate their skills, their accomplishments, their degree of intimacy with people they consider high status. A sense of personal superiority can lead them to monopolize conversations or look down at others or become impatient and disdainful when other people talk about themselves. The behavior correlates to an overall worse functioning in areas of life like work and intimate romantic relationships. People with narcissism, we notice that they tend to use psychosocial strategies like the tendency to devalue and derogate and insult, blame other people, usually with anger and hostility towards other people's responses to their antisocial behavior. Like nobody gets me, nobody understands how important my work is, or if you catch them in a good day, how important I am. Narcissistic personalities are more likely to respond with anger or aggressiveness when they get rejected. Because they're so sensitive to perceived criticism or defeat, people with NPD are prone to feelings of shame, humiliation, and worthlessness over minor incidents of daily life and imagined personal slights. They usually mask their feelings from people. Um, They feign humility. They respond with outbursts of rage and defiance or seeking revenge. Essentially, at the core of narcissism, you will find a very, very fragile individual who is terrified of vulnerability. They're terrified of being wrong, of being less than. And they put up these incredibly thick, high walls protecting themselves from what they fear most. And those walls end up locking themselves in more than keeping what they're scared of out. In the the DSM, it says that many highly successful individuals display these personality traits that might be considered narcissistic, but only when these traits are inflexible, maladaptive, persisting. um, That's when it, or if it's causing some significant functional impairment or subjective distress, that's when it constitutes narcissistic personality disorder. The thing about narcissism is that you can be entirely functional. So some people with NPD, they might not view this diagnosis as a functional impairment to their lives, even though overconfidence tends to make people with narcissism very ambitious. Uh, That mindset does not necessarily lead to professional high achievement and success because they refuse to take risks to avoid the failure or even an apparent failure. They feel like they're the best and often uh, that can be, you know, the CEO type 
persona, but they're also terrified of failing, which can prevent them from taking that next step of actually becoming the best. Moreover, the psychological inability to tolerate disagreement, contradiction, and criticism, it makes it very difficult for someone with NPD to work cooperatively and maintain long-term professional relationships with superiors or even colleagues. See, we have to know what we're looking at because narcissism comes along with a lot of other mental disorders. People with NPD are prone to psychological depression. So it can often come along with a depressive disorder. It could also be um, comorbid with a bipolar disorder or substance use disorder, especially cocaine. It's also uh, similar um, and can be uh, misconstrued as histrionic personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, or paranoid personality disorder. And all these cluster B um, disorders um, go hand in hand. They're, they're similar with minor discrepancies. You also have to make sure you're not looking at uh, mania or hypomania because that, that could also present uh, some grandiosity but has different levels of functional impairment. Narcissism is different than self-confidence because self-confidence is a strong sense of self which narcissism ironically is exactly the opposite. It's an absolute uh, black hole of self and an inflated... Um, there's a huge vacuum, a tremendous amount of space between where they perceive themselves, uh, potentially even subconsciously, where they believe that who they are and where they present themselves, there's a huge chasm, and that's where the uh, deep depression would lie. In the understanding that uh, the life that I live and the walk that I walk is so far, so distant from who I actually believe myself to be. There are some subtypes of narcissistic personality disorder and no one really agrees on it but basically there are two broadly accepted subtypes of narcissism there's the grandiose or the overt narcissism and then there's the vulnerable or covert narcissism the grandiose narcissism is defined by an inflated sense of self-worth and high self-esteem interpersonal exploitativeness social dominance and assertiveness shamelessness and a sense of entitlement which comes from uh, feelings of superiority or prestige. On the other hand, there's the vulnerable narcissism, which comes along with personality traits like defensiveness, fragility, social withdrawal, and an extreme sensitivity to criticism. There's also oblivious and hypervigilant subtypes. There's high-functioning or exhibitionist Milan subtypes, Matterson subtypes, where he has an exhibitionist and closet. And then there is malignant narcissism. Oblivious is the, is the grandiose, arrogant, and thick-skinned. The hypervigilant is the vulnerable, oversensitive temperament. These categories were designed by Glenn Gabbard in 1989. He also had a theory of high-functioning narcissists with the grandiose, com competitive, attention-seeking, sexually provocative. But they were high-functioning, they adapted... They were able to use their narcissism to succeed. That's the exhibitionistic. Then there was Theodore Malone, who suggested that there were five subtypes of NPD, but he didn't give specific treatments for each one. In 1993, we have James F. Matterson. He also offered two subtypes of pathological narcissism, um, the exhibitionist in the closet. He's saying that, he said that both um, 
were unable to develop an agent phase-appropriate self because of defects in the quality of psychological nurturing provided usually by the mother. He said someone with uh, closet narcissism is usually described as having a, a deflated, inadequate self-perception and a greater awareness of, of an emptiness within. But the exhibitionist narcissism would have that inflated, grandiose self-perception with like n- no conscious awareness or feeling of emptiness. They would, they would just assume that they're normal and that everyone else was the same. The closet narcissist is always looking for constant approval and it looks more like borderline personality disorder and the need to please others. The exhibitionist narcissism is always looking for admiration all the time from others. Malignant nar- narcissism was first coined by Eric Fromm in 1964 in his book, the, the Heart of Man, It's Genius for Good and Evil. That's a syndrome that has a combination of narcissism, antisocial personality disorder, and some paranoid traits. If someone has malignant narcissism, that's someone who's deriving higher levels of psychological gratification from accomplishments over time, suspected to worsen the disorder. Because a person with malignant narcissism becomes more involved in psychological gratification, it's suspected um, to be a risk factor for developing antisocial, paranoid, and schizoid personality disorders. Malignant is added to narcissism to indicate that people with this disorder have a severe form of narcissistic disorder that's characterized also by the paranoia, psychopathy, the antisocial behaviors, the aggression, and sadism. There are a number of ways of assessing and screening narcissism. There's the narcissistic personality inventory and the Milan clinical multi-axial inventory. Then the question with every disorder is what causes it? Even though there's no specific cause, it's described using the... uh, biopsychosocial model, which describes a combination of risk factors from biological, psychological, and social environmental factors. So like everything else, it's a huge combination, a conglomerate of causations. It could include genetics, neurobiology, trauma, abuse, and parenting. Gabbard does give us uh, a number of factors that can identify uh, things that would promote the development of narcissism. He says if if someone grows up with an over-sensitive temperament when he's uh, born, or excessive admiration that's never balanced with realistic criticism, you know, being over-loved, excessive praise for good behaviors, or excessive criticism for bad behaviors in childhood, uh, overindulgence and over-valuation by family or peers, being praised by adults for perceived exceptional physical appearances or abilities, it could be trauma caused by psychological abuse, physical abuse, or sexual abuse in childhood. It could be unpredicted or unreliable parental caregiving. Or it could be he learned the behaviors of psych- psychological manipulation from parents or peers. It could also be a, a cultural element that influence the prevalence of narcissism because it's more, it, more commonly occurring in modern societies than in the traditionalist conservative societies. When it comes to treatment for narcissism, there's no clear evidence that psychopharmacological treatment is effective, but it could take care of a lot of the comorbid disorders. Therapy is very complicated because most often those with narcissistic inclinations are not looking for treatment, even though they're having mental distress. They also have a decreased life satisfaction and lower qualities of life, irrespective of the diagnosis. 
and then all the side disorders complicate the diagnosis and the treatment. Rarely someone with narcissism actually shows up to treat his narcissism. It's usually for a subprimary reason, for uh, depression, uh, substance use, or bipolar. When someone who is in therapy is getting treated psychotherapeutically for some other mental disorder, the narcissism is proven to slow the treatment progress and higher the dropout rate. Interestingly, the term narcissism comes from the first century in a book by a Roman poet, Ovid Metamorphosis, book three. It's a myth about two main characters, Narcissus and Echo. Narcissus is a handsome young man who spurns the advances of his of many potential lovers. And then when Narcissus rejects the nymph Echo, named this way because she was cursed to only echo the sounds that others made, uh, the gods punished him by making him fall in love with his own reflection in a pool of water. When Narcissus discovers that the object of his love cannot love him back, he slowly pines away and dies. It's really a soul-crushing disorder. The people who get hurt the most are the people in and around their life more than the narcissist himself because they have to deal with it. Freud had what to say about narcissism. He said that this belief is a frank acknowledgement of a relic of the old megalomania of infancy. And he concluded that we can detect an element of megalomania in most other forms of paranoic disorder. We are justified in assuming that this megalomania is essentially of an infantile nature and that as development proceeds, it is sacrificed to social considerations. He coined, uh, in the 1920s, Freud coined the terms narcissistic injury and narcissistic scar. When wounded in the ego, either by a real or even a perceived criticism, a narcissistic person's display of anger can be disproportionate by the nature of the criticism suffered. But typically, the uh, actions and responses of the NPD person are deliberate and calculated. Despite uh, occasional flare-ups of personal insecurity, the inflated self-concept of the narcissist is primarily stable. In contrast to Freud's perspective of megalomania in the 20th century, Kleinian psychologists used the object relations theory to reevaluate megalomania as a defense mechanism. This therapeutic approach uh, built on Heinz Kaut's view of narcissistic megalomania as a it's an aspect of normal mental development as opposed to Otto Kernberg's consideration of such grandiosity as a pathological disorder of normal psychological development. When you put narcissism up against uh, BPD, borderline personality disorder, they both have a social stigma, unclear causes, and uh, prevalent rates. Prevalence rates. Uh, in a 2020 study, it was argued that uh, narcissism is following a similar historical trend to BPD. In the last three decades, uh, enormous progress has been made to elucidate the psychopathology and longitudinal course and effective treatment for BPD. Um, narcissism, which remains as similarly stigmatized and poorly understood as bipolar once was, and now carries the potential for a new wave of investigation and treatment development. There is some controversy surrounding narcissism when there were uh, putting out the fifth edition of the DSM in 2013, they recommended removing narcissistic personality disorder from the manual. There was a three-year debate. Um, John Gunderson was a sharp critic. 
He led the fourth edition of the manual. A 2011 study concluded that narcissism should be conceived as a personality dimensions pertinent to the full range of personality disorders rather than as a distinct diagnostic category. In 2012 literature review about NPD, the researchers concluded that narcissistic personality disorder shows nosological inconsistency and basically we need a lot of a lot more research in this area. And there are a lot of aspects of narcissism relevant to its diagnosis that are potentially missing from the DSM. Bottom line, narcissistic personality disorder, it's a class of mental disorders. It it falls into the class B personality disorders. It's hard to treat. There's no standard treatment. It's incredibly painful for the ones stuck inside of it, but more apparently painful for those around. And while you and I are studying about it, there's a lot more room for research to try to understand it better, and maybe we'll be able to come up with a more definite treatment. I hope you learned something. I know I definitely did. As always, keep those emails coming. I try to respond to everyone who sends me an email as fast as I can. Uh, really appreciate it. Send them over any ideas you have for future episodes. Send them to askmetherapy at gmail.com. Have a wonderful day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.